This month of Encyclopedia Womanica is brought to you by Macy's. In 1976, the U.S. government introduced Black History Month to honor the achievements and cultural richness of the African-American community, something Macy's is passionate about throughout February and year-round. You can shop Black-owned businesses available at Macy's at macy's.com honors. And head to that link to find a range of charities that empower Black youth. It's just one way Macy's is committed to infusing inclusivity in everything they do. Hello, from Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, and this is Encyclopedia Womanica. Today we're talking about the first female photojournalist to die in combat. Her photographs of the Spanish Civil War captured the growing threat of fascism in Europe. Let's talk about Gerda Taro. Gerda Taro was born Gerda Pohorile on August 1, 1910, in Stuttgart, Germany. She had two younger brothers, Oscar and Karl. Both of Gerda's parents were Jewish immigrants who had recently immigrated from Austrian Poland. In Stuttgart, Gerda attended a prestigious all-girls school. Growing up, she was often bullied due to her Jewish faith. At the time, anti-Semitism was intensifying in Germany, as the country's economy tanked following the First World War. Due to this economic instability, Gerda's father's business collapsed. The family relocated to Leipzig in hopes of starting over, but social and political strife only escalated. In 1933, Gerda was caught distributing leaflets that criticized the rise of Hitler's Nazi government and advocated for left-wing policies. She was taken into custody for several weeks. Luckily for Gerda, the family still had Polish citizenship, and Polish diplomats intervened on her behalf. But Gerda's time in prison exposed her to the growing power and abuse of the Nazi regime. Her father's new business had also been destroyed in anti-Jewish boycotts. Gerda's family decided that staying in Germany was untenable, so they fled to Yugoslavia. Gerda, however, went to Paris. In Paris, Gerda met Hungarian photographer Andre Friedman who would later best be known by his alias, Robert Kappa. Andre enjoyed earlier career success after capturing powerful photos of the Russian revolutionary Leon Trotsky. The evocative images are still considered classics of photojournalism. But when Andre arrived in Paris, he too was fleeing anti-Semitism and had minimal job prospects. Before long, Gerda and Andre were intertwined both romantically and professionally. Gerda took to photography immediately and greatly admired Andre's skills. Determined to improve herself, Gerda found work as a darkroom assistant for a fellow German-Jewish refugee, Fred Stein. Fred imparted the nuts and bolts of photography to Gerda. Yearning for more, Gerda took a job with the photography agency, Alliance Photo, that was run by another refugee of Nazism. She was issued her first press pass as a photojournalist in 1936. As Gerda and Andre continued to build their professional networks, they realized one thing stood in their way, their names. Concerned that their work would be rejected due to anti-Semitism, they decided to adopt new names that would hide their Jewish roots. Andre Friedman became Robert Kappa, and Gerda Pohorila became Gerda Taro. It was under these new names that the two traveled to Spain to capture the beginning of the Spanish Civil War. In July of 1936, Spain's democratically elected leftist government was under attack 
in a military coup led by fascist General Francisco Franco. The coup was being funded by both Hitler and Mussolini, galvanized by their own strong anti-fascist sentiments. Goethe and Robert felt compelled to document the conflict. Both independently and together, the two traveled throughout Spain, capturing images of everyday men and women struggling to preserve their democracy. Many who joined the fight were poor and had no formal military or combat training. One of Goethe's most famous shots captures a woman kneeling in high heels, aiming a gun into the distance. Goethe not only wanted to document the reality on the ground, she also hoped that her images would compel people to ward off future fascist attacks. In February of 1937, Goethe journeyed to the Andalusian coast to document the fleeing of over 1,000 civilians as the insurgent army advanced. She captured startling images of Madrid in ruin following a bomb strike. Later that same year, in May of 1937, Goethe recorded the expressions of terrified civilians in Valencia during another bombing. Two months later, Goethe traveled to the front lines of the Battle of Brunete. Soon after her arrival, Goethe found herself taking fire and ran for shelter. She found safety on the running board of a car carrying wounded soldiers. But her refuge was short-lived. An out-of-control tank collided with the vehicle. Goethe was rushed to the hospital and died of her injuries the following morning. She was 26 years old. Her body was returned to Paris on the day of her 27th birthday, August 1st, 1937. Despite the fact that Goethe had only been a wartime photojournalist for a year, she made a lasting impression. Thousands gathered to mourn her passing, including anti-fascist intellectuals and artists like Pablo Neruda. She was laid to rest in the famous Parisian cemetery, Père Lachaise. When the Nazis later occupied France, they were so concerned Goethe would become a Joan of Arc-type martyr for the anti-fascist movement that they removed her name from her tombstone. Goethe's entire family died in the Holocaust, but the Nazi efforts to remove all memory of Goethe were not successful. While her work slipped into obscurity for many years, Goethe is now recognized and remembered for the courageous photojournalist that she was. In 2007, her work was finally given a proper spotlight at the International Center for Photography in New York City. Three years later, in 2010, an exhibition on the Spanish Civil War featured negatives from Goethe's camera, unearthing thousands of never-before-seen images. All month, we're talking about journalists. For more on why we're doing what we're doing, check out our newsletter, Womanica Weekly. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Encyclopedia Womanica. Special thanks to Liz Kaplan, my favorite sister and co-creator. Talk to you tomorrow.